This episode of Android's Amazing Podcast is brought to you by Unknown Heroes, a comic book anthology about new and rising heroes created by new and rising writers and artists in the industry. Check out the link to the Kickstarter in the description below. Enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Android's Amazing Podcast. I'm your host, James Santana. As always, I'm joined by my illustrious psychic, Hunter Van Lear. We are brought to you by Andrew's Amazing Comics down safe in New York. So let's start off the show first off with some news. It's not a crazy week, guys. We are heading into New York Comic Con next week. We'll have a bigger... It wasn't a crazy week until something just got teased today. Exactly. <laughs> um, so next week, our episodes will be a little bit different. We're supposed to be, be doing a very special live stream next week. Um, if we record or not, check us out our live stream. Uh, we'll be on, like, on our social media, so you can follow us from there. Um, and then the week after that is New York Comic Con. So the news is kind of slow. Except for one huge bit of news, which we will talk about at the end. So, let's start off is the Last of Us trailer dropped for Amazon Prime, um, which is uh, sorry, HBO Max, um, which stars uh, Pedro Pascal. Um, yeah, it's going to be Last of Us. It's a video game, and yeah, it looks kind of cool. It's adapted from story of the first game and some stuff from the second game. So they're going to get just a tiny bit of extra characters from the second game to fill out their. Um, supporting cast members because after like the first hour of the game it's just ellie and joel and while that's good for tv because keep it light it's yeah, always cool. good to have like an episode where they're getting attacked by a bunch of characters that we recognize like oh cool oh cool and that's the whole thing like i like the idea of that... exactly and that's the whole thing i like the idea of them having them like expanding the show a little bit because you need kind of like so this is kind of like goes against most of the stuff i say about like things like having filler episodes in like shows that are smaller runs i think the problem like like i don't i wasn't crazy about having um we talked about this last week on the joker holly on the holly queen episode like i felt like the the joker episode and the king shock episode were fillers and it felt fillery mm-hmm. you know but then there are episodes of series that are supposed to be fillers you know because it's meant to expand the series just by a little bit. Like, it's supposed to bump it from five episodes to six. I, I'm not crazy about it as long as it doesn't interfere with the plot. Uh, a show based on a video game, and the video game is just, like, survival horror, you can't kind of not have filler episodes. You kind of need them to mm-hmm. kind of fluff out the season. Because, again, it is you playing as the, like, kind of like the, the, the surrogate father to Ellie, in the game and you're just shooting zombie you know fungus yeah, like every once in a while there's a couple like just nonsense dudes and then like oh a side character but most of the time it's just fungus dudes or you're creeping around just killing nameless henchmen there's no real like side characters until like the so it's like the first two hours and the last two hours the middle ground is like just gameplay essentially exactly that's the whole thing so i'm not against it like i like i think it's a cool idea i think the 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 problem becomes things like oh sorry we are recording late um but yeah so i think the the biggest problem that you're running to when it comes down to like uh, last of us is because the game itself is so did you watch the cyberpunk um netflix show yet no i haven't watched it i haven't watched it either i've 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 heard really good stuff Yes, so I heard really good reviews about it too, and I think what's different again we we can do a whole video game adaptation episode one day, mm-hmm. um, 
But what's happening is a lot of times why video game adaptations don't work well doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter what media it is, is because it's hard to translate some of the stuff, whether it's budgetary, whether it's just like story uh, storyline, like um, also video whole... games are meant to be played for hours at a time, while TV is meant to be consumed upwards to eight hours at maximum for an entire season. Right, like how do you how do you kind of relegate someone that played like how do you get the same audience that played a video game to then sit and watch a show based on that video game? Yeah, unless they played everything, like it's, right. About to say unless they spice it up a little bit. Exactly. The only way you can do that is if you have a game that has a, so much deep lore that the the video game the the player part of it is just kind of filling the gaps in the lore, like mm-hmm. like Link, like Zelda does that. Like, yeah. Zelda is just, like, lore story where, like, you're just playing from point A to point B, really. Mm-hmm. You know? Or, like, um, like a lot of fighting games are like that. Like, Street Fighter mm-hmm. or Tekken. They're not heavy-duty story yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's a story to follow. Right. You can, you can do it. The reason why they fail is because those movies are bad. Because they have bad acting. You know? Yeah. It's not like... And that's why, like... But also things like budget comes into play. You can't do a Hadouken on, like, a twenty dollars shoestring budget. Yeah, you, you also do. can't hire like Robert Downey Jr. on your shoestring budget. <laughs> exactly. That's why things like, um, that's why they normally do stuff like that animated. Mm-hmm. Um, like that Tekken anime that came out, which is just yeah, okay. which is awesome. I liked it. I liked it a I lot. Liked... It, was just, it was Tekken two. Yeah, but I'm talking about like, the animation, like rubbed me the wrong way. Why? It's anime. Yeah, but Tekken looks just so clean all the time. With that new stuff that they're using. Oh well, the new the new if you compare it to uh seven and, and now eight that was announced. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Looks. Look, if you did CGI, I think the thing is, if you did if you did that in CGI, it would be better. But also, it, they compact the entirety the entire story of C, of Tekken two into what eight episodes, nine episodes, mm-hmm. and they were like half hour episodes. Um. Again, that's just fault of design. Like mm-hmm. you could have stretched it. Or made them our episodes and stretched it out a little bit and told more story, which they should have. Um, but again, this is where fault design. We might see that in you know Last of Us, where you have um, you know episodes that kind of just like seem kind of boring or dumb or slow because it's a survival horror game. It's meant to be played and interacted with. You know that's why Resident Evil got such you know shit amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the movies did. Okay, um, but that's the whole thing. Like, so when you have a survival horror game, or like Last of Us, and what's the other game I'm thinking of? The One to Go One, the one that came out early in PS4. Oh, Until Dawn. Until Dawn, yeah. That's like, like a movie, though. No, no. But what I'm saying is, like, if you made that a show, it would it would be the same thing. Oh yeah, be, that would be a little bit more shot for shot because it's played to be like a old horror movie. Exactly. So that one's a little bit more strict to an adaption line, but I know what you're saying. Right, there, there are. There's a part of it where you're like, it's all about choice. So you can't technically add that to a movie. You can nowadays, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, with Until Dawn, there is a quote unquote canonical ending, but unless you follow a guide or you're like really lucky, there's no way you're getting it on the first go. So most right. gamers, if they only play through it one time, only see one ending. So you can have the Until Dawn movie make. You can pick, you know, whatever ending you want, the true ending or whatever one you want to hint for. Until Dawn decides to do sequels and movie-wise, like you could hint at other things in that with the other endings, but most gamers will just see the one ending they got unless they're tryhards and get all of them. And it's just like, okay, cool. And then you get a definitive movie. With Last of Us, it's 
a strict narrative. Exactly. No, and I and I hundred agree with it because it ends up happening. It's it's dumb things. Mm-hmm. It just ends up being the dumbest things. It just ends up being I mean, like they can add stuff like the the prequel DLC Left Behind that tells about Ellie before she um gets like basically realizes she's immune. You could also slip in the stuff from the, the second game that was told before the second game's main plot line. Like there's stuff like where. Joel and Ellie are younger again, and they're like hanging out in the hotel for like thirty minutes. So exactly. you can throw that into the episode and be like, "Look, we're filling in the gaps that the second game narratively had, but we put them in a different order because obviously when you're playing the game, you're supposed to feel certain things at certain times. But when you're watching the show, if it's told directly through the narrative, I think it'll work a little bit better. Like where they just weave in the stuff because with the TV show, you don't want to go back and forth, especially with the actresses aging and all that stuff. So if you want to have everything all at once, you get all the characters and all the plot points from the timeline where they're aged the specific like way exactly and it's i think that's going to be you know again the it's the double-edged sort of of making uh adaptation of a video game um but again i also think things that are like late to the game like i think last of us is too kind of too late but well yeah because the game came out in 2013 or it's very close to that or 2011 maybe and it was like huge. It was garnered as like the best game ever, like the best narrative. Like this should be a movie. This should be a TV show. So it's been tossed up a few times, but now it's like ten years removed. And while that game's story still holds up, the gameplay doesn't. So that's why the remake was quote unquote necessary. Right. But it's just you know, and with like what I was saying before about the positioning of the story, it can open up with the same way the game opens up, where Joel's finding out, and then he goes on the run. And then instead of having that time cut, then you insert Ellie's prequel story where she finds out that she's immune. And then you have both characters introduced, both reasons why they're trying to fight and survive and what's going on with this girl. You could always lead it in the same way the game does where you don't really know she's immune until somebody tells you. I think it's one of the Fireflies or something. But telling the audience immediately, so then we're sitting there like, oh, when's Joel going to find out that she's immune? You know, is she going to get bit and then Joel's going to freak out? Like, what's the, when is Joel going to know? Because they might not do it the same way the game did, just switch it up a little bit. Just because that bit of narrative can be woven in differently with stuff that came out later on. Right. And that's the whole thing. Like, I like it a lot. I think the uh, the idea is there. But again, you know. It looks we, good. Yeah. And I think the reason why it will work even better is because it's Pedro Pascal is playing Joel. Oh, for sure. He's playing another dad character. <laughs> know, right? He's just collecting all the children like Infinity, Infinity Stones. Stones. He's like, I have Elliot. I have Grogu. He's like, I had the, the son from Wonder Woman in 1984. <laughs> yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like, he is very much like they used him for star power, which, again, not it's not a bad thing yes at no. all. Well, yes let's be no. fair. Well, let's be fair. He's also a good actor. <laughs> I mean, no, no, that's what I'm saying. That's that's star power. That's not yeah. that's not. I thought you were saying because he was uh, relevant because of Andrew. It's that, that's a part of it. But I mean, it definitely helped him land the role. Doesn't hurt yeah. that he's like he's actually talented. Yeah. Um, so that's the whole thing. I think they really are going to lean into this, and they will go like, "Hey, you know, let's go," and it works for them for timing. Mm-hmm. Mando's not coming out for another like about another year, um, so it all kind of works. You know, for them, but again, we'll see. You know, HBO is kind of in a weird spot right now. Oh yeah, where a lot of their stuff is just getting dropped and switched around, like Cape Crusader, where it's like, oh, we're actually not going to go forward. Well, 
so what we'll do is uh, I'll use it as a kind of a springboard to go into our next piece, and not mm. not only just for um, not only just for Cape Crusader, which I think the rumor is that Netflix is picking it up. Netflix or Hulu? Yeah, which I, Netflix should pick it up because let's be fair. Disney can't have DC. <laughs> that, um, but let's be fair. Outside of the United States, all the fucking. HBO Max stuff is on Netflix, so yeah, this so it makes sense to have like, a digital TV show on there. Yeah, so with Harley Quinn and Titan yes, and stuff like that, and Justice. So two things, um, spinning out of that real quick. There's one thing. Uh, I'll do something really small. There is a crossover coming up between Stargirl and Titans that has been confirmed. Oh, sweet. Um, we don't know when, don't know how, type of thing. It's kind of just there in the ether but um they did release backstage um uh, behind the scenes pictures it's jeff john it's with the cast of titans um and, and he wrote the, and yes and breck was there and it was beast boy raven and her in a picture together in their like uh costumes behind the scenes and jeff johns was there and he wrote the script for the episode okay, uh, so and in something like you know even if it's not like a huge cameo or like a, a guest spot, it'll at least be like a, a huge nod to yes. John's is on there. Right. Well, also she, she Breck Breck Breeson. Oh yeah, God, I think it's Beck Wanted. Bressinger or something. Like that. She can just yeah. be there because they film it on the same lot, though. You gotta take well, no, it, it, it's, it's it's well, yes, but it is a crossover between the two. Because oh, I think they, they is, it, well, they put out the script. Co- you know how they have the script covers. Um, yeah. I forgot what I forgot what the episode was called. But it was written by Jeff Johns and and, and someone else, the guy who like writes Titans or the female, the person that writes Titans. Yeah. Um, so both of them are writing co-writing this episode together. Mm, okay. So we'll see. You know, yeah, um, sure. you know, beyond that, um, this is something that we were talking about off uh, that you you sent me this morning about the whole uh, Warner Brothers thing. Yeah. About oh, this exactly where like kind of like it's the joke and it's kind of like my 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 fear mongering process. Yeah, I'll, I'll quickly hop into it. So it's, it regards digital things, and we're talking about it a yes. while. And we talk about it all the time. So Final Space HBO Max is officially yes. canceling the DV of Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Discovery, whatever the fuck it's called now, is canceling the distribution digitally for all three seasons. So it's not coming to streaming platforms. They're writing it off as a tax thing. Yep. Uh, the first two seasons have stopped production and have been taken off streaming services and digital marketplaces because of a licensing restrictions, so says Amazon. And then season three is not getting in production at all DVD-wise because obviously they're just done on TV. So the only way to watch that show now is to pirate it. Yes, or if you had a chance well, oh, yes, to download it. you have the other ones, yes. Yeah, if you, had the, <laughs> but if you, you can't had... finish it, though. Season three has to be pirated. It's the only way yeah. to do it. So Unless that's you watched thing. it live, yeah. <laughs> right? So I watched it live. Um, so the whole thing, and this is, goes back to my, my like, yes, I, I say this all the time. Like I talk about when I talk about digital comics and t- digital uh, digital ownership, and like, oh, you don't own it. You're like, yeah, but I do. I'm like, no, because it can at any point. And the other part of that article, that that tweet was, um, it's rumored that they're not going to release hard copy versions of things like WandaVision, the Disney Plus show. Oh, yeah, Disney like, Plus said that they're not releasing, yeah, hard like versions of and yeah, any Disney Plus shows. But at the same time, it's like, like first of all, why wouldn't you? Because right, so... People have the MCU collection, 
and like why not just let them keep building it you're literally losing money i said uh this guy jared petty i follow he's a games journalist and he was talking about this stuff in regards to pirating things that happen in video games and he was saying ah yes he's like so now that you know you're stopping distribution entirely people will pirate it as opposed to if you put it out only some people would pirate it he's like some money's better than no money so that's the, like i get so i I understand like the HBO Max Final Space like that. I understand, you know. What I don't get is the Disney Plus no hard copy rule like uh, placement because what ends up happening is that what you're doing is two things. You're messing you're you're messing around with consumers that down the line. I'm not talking about like us. I'm talking about five, six years down the line, seven years down the line when you have people that you're introducing to the MCU for the first time or second it's time. Like who you know, popped up in movies. Right, and you're We're like, oh, movie that I apologize. Who came right. from the shows, right? Yeah, exactly. So, how do you then turn around and tell someone to watch it when, let's be fair, your servers aren't infinite? There's not, you don't have, like, yes, I get your Disney, and you, you can have a, a warehouse of servers, mm-hmm. but God forbid something happens to your servers mm-hmm. or you need space. Like, that's what Netflix does. That's what all well, these other things happens. Or there's, exactly. there's no, there's no Wi Fi, but we can still watch DVDs. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> exactly, but like so, Netflix does this all the time, and I'll use Netflix as as the, the prime example for a company that's been in the streaming business longer than Disney Plus has, probably has more service than God because they they do international stuff more than Disney Plus does. What happens when those servers are full? What Netflix does is they go, all right, all our licensed properties have a rotating life schedule, mm-hmm. you know. All right, so we're licensing Flash from 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 HBO, from Warner Discovery to be on here for you know a year and a half, you know, and and it just rotates once a season. You know, it's been on here. We'll rotate stuff out. We'll move stuff around. That's what they do, and they've been in this game longer. It's one is to save money, so you're not creating new servers and buying new server space and a bunch of other shit, you know. Disney Plus is going to hit the same wall eventually, whether it's between new content they're constantly putting out because Disney Plus is not Netflix. When Netflix well, also, besides originals that Disney Plus does, Disney's has been doing movies forever. And while, yes, they could keep their movies, they do have a couple things that aren't necessarily theirs. But yeah, like what you're saying, Netflix has their own properties and then they have licensed properties like your Army of Darkness or your Flash. While Disney doesn't really do that heavy-handed like at all because they technically own hulu right so all those things like hulu originals that have shown up on disney plus they can obviously switch back over to hulu but you can't get rid of any mcu or any star wars content exactly that's the whole thing like like you can't you built your whole thing on this you know sorry the the globex the global comics thing hit us back up (laughs) sorry guys (laughs) You know, I got the thing on right there. We're going to be flirting that. with him for a couple days. <laughs> I know. Need, needs access. Question mark? I don't fucking... Whatever. Um, but that's the whole... Th- so that's the whole thing. Like, like Netflix can just, like, get rid of things. Things that were original that they don't want. Things that are licenses from around the world they can get rid of. Stuff that's not selling. Things that they're like, all right, this didn't move well enough, so we're not renewing it. You know, Disney Plus does not have that option. Mm-hmm. At, at this juncture, you do not. Because things like WandaVision was made for one season only. There is no mm-hmm. season two for WandaVision. 
you know, and then things that have been confirmed for season two, like Loki, like Miss Marvel, um, like Moon Knight, how do you turn around and go, well, no, we're getting rid of those. Let's say Moon Knight is going to be appearing in a movie five years from now. And they're like, well, service space is light and no one's rewatching Moon Knight. So let's get rid of Moon Knight. What are you doing? Or like where Friday Night is coming up. It's a 40 minute special. <laughs> like, why yeah. would you, you know, what are you going to do with all this stuff? The space isn't infinite. You're going to get rid of stuff that doesn't move, that doesn't sell, that doesn't, isn't watched well enough. So that's going to mess up your entirety. So your best bet would then be to release it on some sort of home media, whether it's like give, giving people options because you don't have the option to download stuff on Disney Plus. Especially because it's 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 the the app itself is made to be on smart TVs and stuff like that more so than on a smartphone. Where like Netflix gives you an option to download, especially on like a phone or a computer if you're watching it. Um, so what do you do? So the next best bet then what they should do is release it like if they're getting closer to, um, let's say, where they're going to remove it is at that point then going hey next month. We're going to be removing WandaVision off our servers. So what we're going to do is release it in a box set that's going to be like 35 bucks. That's how you do it. You don't go, yeah. we're never going to release it on hardcover. I, I get what you want. You want constant returnability. But again, space isn't infinite. Like there's no such thing as infinite server space. It's not because there's not enough places to put enough servers. I get you can build a mountain and stuff for the servers. You know, it's not realistic it's not feasible it's it's the more maintenance the more service you have the more maintenance you have to put into the more nonsense that you have that goes into making it which will drive up the 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 amount of money that you're already paying for something like disney plus what will happen next and it's it's just a it's a dumb move if this rumor is true um because it's just does it does more harm than good in the long run i get the cost effectiveness of like having a putting a season out on dvd or blu-ray that's eight episodes nine episodes ten episodes long i get that you're not you're not make it's, it's not like it's a, a box set of like you know dragon ball you know which is like a 20 disc set you know it's not you know digimon it's four seasons long it's not <laughs> yeah. you know, it's well, not Agent these- Shield had a little bit of an issue with that but they had a dvd release at least the Blu-ray for all twenty-something episodes on each individual season, as well as a box set or whatever. So it's not like they haven't done something very similar before, right? When it comes to yeah. long form, at least. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I just saw your message. Oh, like, yeah. um, <laughs> nothing, looks so, nothing looks so unprofessional. Than hey, a, than <laughs> I, oh, have you seen what the, these comic industry people message each other? I think I fit right in. <laughs> Oh God, I can't Tom drive. King and Tom Taylor messaging each other. I now can't now it's blocked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we're blocked, we're blocked. <laughs> oh God, I wish I could talk legally about what we're doing, but like, oh, <laughs> um, holding everything back. <laughs> no, it's a lot of drifts and dabs, a lot of teasing. Um, well, if you pay attention to my Twitter, you got a lot of information recently. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Hunter, you can't keep your mouth shut for five seconds. Oh, no, you're allowed to show off covers and stuff, especially because the artists already did. <laughs> oh, my God. You should have asked first, my guy, but it's okay. Well, she did, and that was the whole thing. Like, she was like, she didn't 
put everything, which was cool. Oh, like no. she cut up some, she cut, like, she cropped out the covers. I was just like, it's really cool, but like you really can't show anything. But I mean, again, it's, it's a version of it's a version of what it is. So and it doesn't show I... you. <laughs> no, no, because you can't do anything without it. You know anything, but also it's a version. So it's, there's no context, which is fine. Exactly. And every you know, time I post anything, it's always um version version. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, not saying anything. Yeah, you can't post anything. Could the only stuff we can talk about is unknown heroes, which we'll get to later. Yes. So uh, you want to get the next the next bit of news real quick? Yeah, I got so a spe- daughter who's yeah. crying right now. Oh, <laughs> Hold on a second. I know, right. For a hot sec. So speaking of not going forward, we're going to leave HBO Max, but we'll come back to it because James will have more information on this Batgirl stuff. A little tease. We'll go to the not moving forward stuff and jump over to Netflix. So the Grendel show that was supposed to be coming or the Grendel animated movie or whatever the Grendel project was is unfortunately not moving forward with Netflix. But everybody involved has said that they are shopping it elsewhere and will likely be picked up at another spot. They just can't say what it is. My guess is Hulu because Hulu takes up a lot of those indie comic book things, especially because (laughs) – Especially because HBO Max is dropping a lot of things. Disney can't necessarily take it. Hulu can have it, so then Disney technically has it, but it's not exactly the same. But you can see show um, streaming services like Peacock and Paramount also pick it up. While more unlikely than Hulu or HBO Max, minus their budget cuts, they have known, been known to dabble in adaptations and stuff. Peacock currently has like Vampire Academy, and Paramount has Halo. So they are dabbling in adaptations with their, with their original content. So it's possible that we'll see Grendel over at Peacock or Paramount Plus, but I'm guessing probably Hulu because Hulu usually tries to stick with the more gritty aspects of things. It does work. The comic well, it does work if Hulu takes it. Um, and you're 100 percent right with the idea. I'm of having, I'm yeah, I, I already know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, it does work 100 percent when it comes to like Grendel going to like something like Hulu. Or even like again. So my wife's watching. It works, for, it works for Hulu because oh, dude, me and my wife are watching it too. Like she, she's big into the books. She read them when she was a kid. So is so my wife. And then that 2014 movie came out, and I've heard about it, and I never watched it. But then I watched it with her recently, and then literally the next week, I get an ad for, because of course, the yeah. internet knows I was talking about it in my house, and we watched it on Netflix. So I got a trailer for a show, and I was like, oh, cool, they're doing a show. And it's like, drops this Thursday. And I was like, oh, I guess I know what we're watching on Thursday. <laughs> Dude, it, it's my wife hates the show. Like, she hates the show. Uh, I like it because it's just dumb fun, and I'm a big fan of, like, supernatural stuff. Courtney likes it because it's so far better than the movie, but she's like, it's not the same as the books. That's what that's what my wife's been being explained yeah. about it. It's like, it's not the books. I'm like, I have no context for this. <laughs> I, I feel your pain. <laughs> you know. I've only, yeah. like, I've only seen the movie and watched the show, and I like the idea, so. Yeah, it's a cool idea. It just it wasn't fleshed out properly on the, exactly. and, and we'll see. And I, and I, it's my same argument. Everything it might be budgetary. It might be you know they might not know they have a season two coming, mm-hmm. so they have to stretch BS out. Yeah, they have to do three books instead of one book because they exactly. don't know if they're gonna last. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so back to Grendel. <laughs> um, that's the whole thing. So the idea of Grendel not going to Netflix, fine. It's it's the really this ends up happening more often than not. A streaming service just picks up something, it gets announced, and then all of a sudden it turns around and going, "Now nah, we have because of whatever." Yeah, she chose to cut it. <laughs> yeah, it happens you know, all the time. It happens all the time. So it, it, again, you know, you bring up a good point that moving it to something like a Hulu, yeah, sure, whatever. 
you know, and we'll see. It might be things that might go to Amazon. I honestly, I honestly... I've only read a few issues of the Grendel series, and it seems very interesting to me, so I would love a show. Well, it's based on the first book, which is yeah, like the Gentleman's Yeah, the Gentleman's Thief yeah, version. One, yeah. yeah, Gentleman Instead Thief version. Instead of like the weird like space one. <laughs> yeah, no, that we just got. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they should do that. Like honestly, I think Amazon should get it. Amazon's grabbing oh, a lot of like Amazon. I forgot about Amazon. When I was riffing, I was talking about Peacock and Paramount Plus because they're I know, it's they're looking to scoop stuff up. But I forgot that Amazon has a foot in the comic book game. I mean, yes. since Paper Girls was canceled, I guess they have room in their their schedule. <laughs> so and we were going to do I heard like, Paper Girls was good. It is good, and like I won't if I we mean, once I watch so. it, we will still do it. Anyway, yeah. even if the spoiler casts aren't relevant anymore, I still like to do them. They're fun. So, oh, sorry. The whole thing with Paper Girls being canceled, and I think the biggest issue was they dropped all eight episodes in one day. Yeah, so it, nobody talked about them. Like I heard, like all oh, Paper Girls is out. And then a couple of writers were like, no spoilers for the rest of the series, but Paper Girls episode one is amazing. Yeah. Or like the first three episodes are great. And then I was like, oh, cool. So the next couple of weeks, people will be talking about it. And then yep. I looked it up and I was like, they all came out on the same day. Haven't they not been doing The Boys and Invincible Weekly? What's going on? Like, why would you change your format for a show that would have rivaled Stranger because Things? Because they didn't believe in it. Nope, because exactly. they wanted it to be relevant to Stranger Things all releasing at once, so they're like, we have to do that too, because Stranger Things is coming around, like, I think, well, it came out two weeks after Stranger Things? Yes, after So they're like, here we go, our own Stranger Things, we need everything to come at once, because these moms will watch it. No, yep. dude, if you had it like your normal scheduled programming, I think it would have done way better, but like you said, they didn't believe in it. The, nope. It's all female cast, woke feminism, nonsense, like they're afraid of those people. Yeah, no, that's exactly what they were afraid of. Like, but those people don't understand the concept of the book. Is it is about a coming of age story about four like, in, in the eighties. Like Lord of the Rings is like very like the woke, the, the the angry people are coming after the quote unquote wokeness of it. And but that show's still releasing weekly. Yeah, like they didn't believe in the Lord of the Rings property. They didn't believe exactly. In they seem to have. <laughs> like when Netflix probably would have gotten a new season because Netflix does based off like how much people binge it in the first two weekends yeah amazon was like it was not binge in the first day that we gave you shit i didn't yeah. even know when it came out because i thought it was coming out weekly i was gonna plan it in our schedule and we were gonna watch the finale and then talk about it but nope, yep, it all nope. dropped at once and i missed the ball so we'll cover it when we cover it <laughs> exactly i hope it gets shopped around i think they said they were looking to do that but man i know Speaking of canceled, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Batgirl. I saved this because I knew you'd have a little bit more to talk about. What yeah. got leaked, and it wasn't even leaked. It was um, Leslie Grace posting um, some fight footage and like half a trailer and like a sizzle reel, and then Brendan Fraser was just talking about the movie in some interviews. Yeah, so um, it's funny enough because uh, when I first saw the Batgirl, like this Batgirl footage, it looked like it was fake. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Um, uh, I like, and it looks like it was shot behind the scenes. Like, this is like behind mega behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm like, oh wait, it is. Um, I'm like, I, it, it kind of looks fun. It looks like it would have been a fun movie. Like, a you, you know what? I don't want that though. Like, not everything. I know, I know, I know. Not everything has to be fun, jokey fun, nonsense. But Batgirl could have been a nice springboard for like well, a Spider-Man style character in the DC. What they should have done instead of making fucking Michael Keaton Batman, make him make her an opposite of 
that Ben Affleck, Affleck because he was the darker, more serious Batman. He lost his he lost a Robin. We don't know if Nightwing's really around, and we would have gotten a tease at the end of Batgirl. But with him losing a Robin, Batman needs a source of like a childhood whimsy is a strong word for Barbara, but something very similar to that. Like he needs somebody to hang around with besides Wonder Woman. Right. I think that's where the play was wrong about making Michael Keaton Batman and trying to well, you because know. Affleck didn't want to go into it, so they brought him back in the multiverse and they wanted to do some stuff that Marvel was doing, but they got too ahead of the game. So yes, you're right. If they kept that like I think it would have landed harder with test audiences. Yeah. It, people would be like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah, like, it's it got written off, besides it being mid from what everybody was saying, the test audiences didn't understand Keaton. So if it was Ben Affleck the whole time people wouldn't have said anything, and they're like, oh, this is good. Or at least, like, middling, like, a 7 out of 10, you know? Exactly, 100%. I think the biggest problem was that they didn't know what to do. And again, when you turn around and go, we're doing, like, Michael Keaton. Awesome. Who are you hitting as your audience? People that watched the first Batman movie? We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's, you're you're missing the point. Like, the point was always going to be, like, we wanted a fun Batgirl story. Awesome. Cool. Make it matter. You didn't make it matter. Awesome. So now people don't like your movie. It tanks, and you use it as a write-off. Also, not for nothing, making a streaming service uh, uh, exclusive was very, very stupid. Oh, for sure, man. Like you're not Netflix. Like HBO Max is not Netflix. Like you're not. You're not a company built to make shitty B C list movies. For your streaming I mean, you can dumb stuff like that, but don't make it something that's tied into a greater universe. Like Blue Beetle, the only reason why it stayed, they said, was because it was ninety nine percent done. Fucking Batgirl was done, and they, they had, they had it. a lot of post production they had to do still. Blue it doesn't Beetle matter. Done. It doesn't matter. I think the problem. I think more so. Well, Blue Beetle was also testing better. So. I think Blue Beetle said better. I think it had more to do with they didn't know what the actually I and I say this more and more I think about it. I think it had more to do with the Flash movie and they didn't weren't sure what they were doing with the Flash movie. Because so they, uh, Keaton was in that one. Right. Keaton was in that one and they were like Oh look, it's the baby. Yeah, you know, Keaton, Keaton, yeah, Keaton being in that one, if they did end up canceling the Flash would make Batgirl even worse. So they're like, exactly. if they do get, since there was at that limbo where Warner Discovery bought it and they didn't decide what they were doing with Ezra Miller yet. So yeah, it's definitely because of the Flash as well. Exactly. So it's that's like, because like, Blue Beetle's not tied to the Flash movie. It works. I mean, if it's tied to the greater DCEU, then yes, but no, it's not directly tied. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's not, not like, like Ted Kord shows up and he's freaking, um, no one's played Ted Kord physically yet. Uh, no. Zach Braff, who wants to be Ted Cord in the CW universe because Donald Faison is pushing gold. It's not Zach Braff showing up, and then it's like, you know, Jason Sudeikis, who's the actual DCU right. one. It's not like you're separating like two different Beatles. Or it's not like Patrick Wilson shows up, you know, because he was yeah. in The Watchmen. <laughs> exactly. You, you don't have that. Like, it's not how that works. Like, it's just... It is what it is. I think the the biggest problem that DC had, and that they still kind of do, is that they're finding their footing now. But you know, when you back a company and you go, "Here's ninety million dollar," you know, a ninety million dollar like streaming service only movie, and you're not a streaming service, you're a movie studio. Because at the end of the day, they're a movie studio, not a streaming service. You know, you made the wrong move. You know, so that's why it's cool to see this footage. You know, you I know, think, I think, Blue Beetle, sorry, not Blue 
I think Batgirl will see the light of day at some point. Batgirl won't see the light of day. They did attack right off on it. It doesn't mean someone's not going to steal it and post it. No, it's destroyed. It's destroyed it. Yeah, I'm sure. No, that was the whole thing. Someone's got a copy sitting on the USB somewhere. No, because if they do... No, so the biggest thing... Dude, someone posted a whole-ass Popeye movie that got canceled. It's possible. Well, it's no movie being canceled is different than being taxed right off. Like if they just cancel it, it means just sitting in a warehouse somewhere to collecting dust. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a tax write off and they find out who did it, they're done. Their life is over. They will sue them into the ground and then and then some. Like their yeah, great grandkids will be paying them forever. Like that's why a lot of movies that are that that are not canceled but like as tax write offs, they get stripped. They and they get destroyed. That was the whole thing about the director coming out like bitching and moaning. Mm-hmm. I guess you have a lot of opinion, honey. Um, She's bitching. Pissed. She's like, "That uh, girl is gonna slap." <laughs> um, exactly. Brendan Fraser's back is what she's saying. <laughs> um, you know that's the whole thing. So um, they any movie that's like they use a tax write off has to be destroyed. That's when when the directors are bitching and moaning about. Oh, you know, if you guys get the, you know, get enough fans to like, not you, to to get this, they'll they'll release it. I'm like, your directors for movies, you know how studios work as tax write-offs. They do it all the time. Like, it's not like it's not like this is the first movie or the first thing they've ever done as a tax write-off, and not just in Warner Brothers. Like many movie studios in general have yeah. done this. Like, it's not they get they destroy them because they what they what ends up happening is. If it gets leaked, they'll just sue you to the fucking ground. Like, and and then you'll be blackballed in the industry for allowing this to get leaked. That's why when they were like, the directors had copies and the director's copies were taken, and the director's like, we don't even have copies. They didn't let us keep our own copies. I'm like, no, dumb dumb, because they didn't want to leak out. Because what ends up happening is now no one's making money, and this is what's happening. That's why like they destroy it. Well, we may like, not see this background movie, but we'll see it. We'll see uh, Leslie we'll Grace. See Batgirl movie at some point. Well, we'll see Leslie Grace. Warner Brothers straight up said they want to use her as Batgirl. Yeah, but will she return? Uh, she yes. Scorned pretty hard. I mean, for money, yes. Duh. I would but. too. Like, it, it, and it wasn't. This had more. Like, it's not like she was like scorned because the. It was like a bad thing. It got scorned because like your company sucks. Your company's yeah. run by a bunch of dum dums that can't figure out how to to. to uh, they really? said due to all these budget cuts and stuff, they might not be able to hire their Kevin Feige. And I'm like, then just stop. Let the Batman well, happen. Well, that's the whole thing. Just do those and, movies now, or Wonder Woman movies, because those do good. Well, what they're going to always do? <laughs> no, well, what they're probably going to end up doing right now is like not, not not releasing stuff they're going to they're trying to streamline everything to fix it the rumor is actually is they're trying to dump the the stock value of warner brothers itself to sell to sell off sell to comcast again and comcast is Not owned comcast by again but selling it again i mean yes but comcast is owned by universal mm. i wouldn't be opposed to universal acquiring dc properties because then they can make a dc park right next to the marvel parks and that'll be fucking awesome i know right <laughs> uh, at that time i think they'll probably get rid of like, the marvel parks they like they would like probably like get rid of the marvel parks so we can get a marvel park on the east coast oh, yeah i would drop and, the, we'll, uh, and we'll have a DC... man area and then just dip it into batman just hard exactly yeah that'd be very smart universal if you're listening which we know you are make the move exactly <laughs> um so yeah we'll see kind of what happens mm-hmm. you know i'm not 
it's just it's 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 just it's whatever it's it's what's supposed to be um let's jump into our last uh, uh last well I'll do one get some retailer information yes <laughs> real quick and then we'll do the uh the last big last two big stuff yeah. um dark horse has now moved to penguin random house as its own it as its sole distributor Didn't it's fine uh no um dc um started uh it's called universal something it's called universal something it's universal globix or something like that that's the distributor that dc now uses besides luna um which is a uh which is which is a canadian company um what all it does is allow retailers to have like a, th- a secondary option uh, instead of just using Luna for DC books. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Penguin Random House. Um, again, very much the same brand as having um, uh, like everyone being the sole distributors now outside of Diamond. That's fine. Uh, we'll see how it kind of works, but it's fine. It's it's whatever. It doesn't change like value of anything currently. Um, it may change stuff down the line depending on what happens it also kind of gives a red flag to fucking diamond as a company mm-hmm. but they uh but the did you read the uh the announcement letter that diamond put out or no did you see it no. oh my god it was like a bad breakup letter is diamond was, like yo why <laughs> no diamond was like we were good without you before like type of shit like oh, they, they were like uh, dark horse makes up less than one percent of our total sales we diamond said yeah they're like dark horse is so mid apparently what the hell (laughs) well when they say of the when they say one percent it's their total sales including things like includes other comics comics, includes toys includes sales yeah i get it yeah at the same time it's like ooh, bro mad shade bro i was like they're like you know we hope they do stuff in the future but like I was like, wow, you really straight up was like, yeah, this is like a 1% of our sales. Go after yourself. So I'm like, wow. Yeah, fuck, fuck you guys, man. That's but also, they, if you, honestly, if you look at like the like the schedule like and, and previews for Diamond for Dark Horse, it's not a lot. Dark Horse has been minimizing a lot of their properties. Yeah. But they're still doing some stuff. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they just got Marvel Action and Star Wars Adventures, but they've been minimalizing some things and just trying to keep it to Honestly, celebrities and universes they've already built plus licenses. Exactly. I think that's the whole thing. I think also what spurring this move was them getting the Star Wars property back. Yeah, they're like, oh, we gotta go to Disney. Yep. We're gonna listen to what they want to do, and we'll we'll see from there. Yeah. Diamond was probably just throwing shit at Disney for real. They were like, hey. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's but, what I'd be doing if I was a publisher in the game and Disney was buying up all my property, like all the like the bigger guys. It's like fuck you, man. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's one way that's one way to get back at people. <laughs> but on that note of Disney, let's jump into our last bit of news. Uh, we have two little quick things, one little quick thing, and one thing we can get into for a little bit. Uh, Namor confirmed to be a mutant. Uh, in in Black Panther, Doc. the actor was talking about how he's in this universe he is going to be mutant there's not going to be like weird retconning later on it's like he's a mutant period so that's really cool which is great uh, you know I, I i say duh like i expected more i expected i don't expect any less but like again this is a company that the you know inhumans were a thing for a little bit so yeah they're just now allowing mutants to be present again with the announcement that we're about to talk about next 
huge stuff from mutants. I mean, well, maybe not mainstream, like, you know, main team, but still like big four Marvel and like Disney where it's like, okay, they're finally dabbling in stuff. We like, we got, you know, professor X, we got Kamala being potentially labeled as a mutant. We have Sabra showing up in, um, Captain Captain America. And then we just got this announcement confirming Namor as a mutant, as opposed to us just, hoping he would be or assuming he would be if they didn't say it because he is in the comics. Exactly. The next bit of news, it's not like it's not confirmed. I, I'm sorry to read about this. It's definitely not 100% confirmed, but it's definitely going to be like an Easter egg if it is something they're doing. Well, IGN just broke the broke it, the article and was like, no, it's 100% that he's in it and it's confirmed that it's the two of them as the lead. Um whether it's the confirmation whether or not this takes place in the MCU. So what we're talking oh, about, I think, if they're going heavy into the multiverse, that I think that at the, by the end of the movie, if they don't kill everybody because it's a Deadpool movie, Deadpool and or supporting cast members will be dropped into the MCU. Like let's I say, did. they can't use Cable or Negasonic. Obviously, they can use them in this movie, but going forward, maybe because of rights or blah blah blah, the script was already in process or Deadpool's trilogy was planned out. Whatever nonsense you want to have. Let's yeah. say that only Deadpool can be shared in Deadpool 4 or in crossovers. They'll just poop them out in the universe and go, there you go, Wade. Right. So the I think – so this is what me and Sabrina were talking about. And I, I, I kind of like – I was, I like the idea. So Deadpool 3 was announced today, and in it we are confirmed that well, it's going to be – So Ryan Reynolds teased yeah, Deadpool sorry. 3 by having him like walk around the house in a black version of the suit, talking about how we couldn't think of any ideas for a Deadpool 3 movie. And then Hugh Jackman walks by, and he goes, "Hey Hugh, do you want to be uh, Wolverine again?" And he goes, "Sure." And then Dead- and then Ryan Reynolds just winks at the screen. The logo shows up, three claw marks appear, and then it says nine six twenty four. Yeah. Which was one of the dates that was in the uh, Phase Five um, lay- right. laydown or Phase Six laydown or whatever. So that comes down to the idea of like whether or not this movie is canon or not, canon to the MCU or not. And I do like your theory that. It's going to be a buddy traveling multiverse. Well, it's not a theory. They said one of the original scripts was a buddy road trip movie. But now I'm saying, adding on to that, that now they have access to the multiverse and they've shown that mutants exist in the multiverse with Professor X. Fuck it. Yeah. You know? So I don't mind that. And then like at the end, Deadpool is put into the main Marvel universe. I think this is kind of Especially a. Especially Deadpool doesn't have to play the version of Logan from Logan or the version of Wolverine from the X Men movies. He can just be a variant from not even the MCU, just like this is the Hugh Jackman variant or some shit. Like, well, no, he's so he can, Well, he'll no, he'll be no, he'll be Wolverine from the Fox movies. But will it, it be the Logan version or will it be a no, younger I, version? No, I think it's a younger version. Past style, more like, more likely he's to be a younger version because it's the it's his final hurrah. The dude that that was his whole reasoning to not you know do it again. Yeah, the MCU waved a big check in front of his face. Well, well, that, but also if this the, is true, of course. But also, not for nothing, he's he's stated constantly over and over. He goes, "I can't work out like that anymore." He goes, "I can't." He goes, yeah, "I." So I'm thinking this role for Wolverine, whether it's an extended cameo or not, will just be very bare bones. Pardon yeah. the pun, but bare bones for Wolverine, where he might do a couple things physically, but he's not going to get like huge jacked man. He's just going to be like right. in shape, doing some claw stuff because. Obviously, the MCU has big budgets, and their CGI is always pretty solid. 
right for movies <laughs> I know. um but that's the whole thing i i think they'll, they'll do it i think but again the biggest knock is it's going to end up being whether or not they do it properly um and whether or not this movie's canon to the mcu like again hugh jackman stated over and over again he does not want to constantly have to work out over and over for these big ass movies well i think if they do introduce wolverine hugh jackman it's going to be like you said either from the fox universe or something else the MCU Wolverine could easily either one not exist, but of course he will at some point because Wolverine yeah. is the biggest X Men character, or two, just it's just gonna come later, like giant size X Men, the second X Men movie, and then just do or I'm getting X Men and just have like oh this is the story that continues from where we left off here, but Kamala Khan's on the team because MCU or whatever, right? Instead exactly. of like, um, Warpath or. Sunfire or Banshee, one of the expendable characters. <laughs> I, I, I obviously, you can't replace Storm or Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine, so or Colossus, or, yeah, or Colossus. But the other ones, uh, Necrol as well. The other three are just like fucking games. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. So we'll see kind of what happens. I'm excited. I do like it. it, it I kind of wish they would do like Remender's uh, Uncanny X Force when he's because he wears the black suit. I mean, in that it. could just be. That could just be a test suit that he wears or whatever. Yeah, or an Easter egg for us. Yeah. Or yeah, it's an Easter egg for me and you and the X-Men fans. Or they could be doing, like, it opens up where Deadpool's doing, like, an X-Force mission because they formed it at the end of Deadpool 2. And then, so they had the stealth costumes. And then multiverse nonsense or whatever. And Wolverine picks him up. Or it's, like, Wolverine from, like, Infinity Watch. So he's got, like, the friggin' Phoenix Force or something just to be mad right. extra. And like it's, a baseball bat. <laughs> right. We can see a bunch of different things happening, but like I said, the one thing is I do not want it to be canon. Dude, what if it's what if it's Hugh Jackman as Patch? I mean, it's possible. If it's just, just straight up brain. Patch, they, they, yeah. they don't say it's Wolverine. They only call him Patch, and and Deadpool keeps going. Man, you look so familiar. <laughs> you know, so that's the whole thing. You know, that's the whole thing. I I was telling everyone like I like the idea of this movie. I don't like if it, if they go to like shoehorn it as like, and it's canon to the MCU. Like, and, and then now, the like I said, if they just drop Deadpool in the MCU in the end credit scene or right in the last scene because that's a Deadpool move, then that yeah. works. Like he wakes up and it's like he's looking up and Spider Man's like, "Who the hell are you?" Right. Or Spider Man goes, "What the fuck?" And then it cuts. Yeah. <laughs> You know, again, I'm against that, it, it, especially in the Deadpool three, and he gets tossed. If he, if you were like, oh well, he's a character that got sucked in from the multiverse, it makes total sense. It's it's yeah. funny enough, it, it's doofy enough, it makes perfect sense. It was Peter Parker or some nonsense, right? Or anything <laughs> like it, 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 or anything, it, it makes sense. I still yeah. want him showing up to it, and then mutants have always been around, and this movie's a thing. I'm like, yeah, Deadpool's dumb. been around since day one, unless they do it in a Deadpool way. Where and I would like, hate that Deadpool, I know you'd hate it, but I think fans of the character would like it. Where it's like Deadpool's been around the whole time. You just haven't noticed. And it's like him yeah. inserting himself into like the background of Civil War or into the background of Avengers or Hawkeye where he's like helping Clint Barton but nobody can see him or something something just No, yeah. Like, no, I get that. Like that'd, that'd be, be fun. Well that'd be a cool ending just... scene. Where yeah. like the monsters over the credits going, Oh well, now that I'm here, I might as well you know, I might as well get comfortable and it's like all like Faked. So he's doing that jump in the Age of Ultron's uh, movie. He's either doing the jump at the beginning, or he's in the final yeah. fight shooting guns at Ultron robots. You know, so I, I get that. Know. I get that as like a finale kind of thing. Going, I've been here the whole time, guys. And you then know. they could do a DCU joke by turning into the Deadpool cinematic universe as like a you little know. tease. That'd be fun. 
you know, so that's so like I don't mind that. Like, but like I said, I don't want all time. Like, it, so now that with this announcement, everyone's like speculating like, oh, Hugh Jackman has to come back for Secret Wars. Like, that dude's fifty three years old. I mean, if he does, cool. But he doesn't have to. Right, because it like, should be cool if he does. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's the whole thing. Like again, and this is where I, I kind of get on speculators and, and and rumor mongers and stuff like that. Like your your fandom and your like headcanon and your dreams don't mean shit. Oh yeah. Like that's the one thing. I, if you can take out anything I've ever said on this podcast, is that your wishes mean dick to these creators. Yeah, Why? Do whatever it's, works for their stories. Yeah. First of all, so. That comes first and foremost, and then Daddy Feige drops the hammer on anything. He's like, nope. Right, and anything that he doesn't that doesn't fit their narrative doesn't go in. Things that don't make sense don't go in. Like, and just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean it's it's the the project's bad or anything. It just doesn't mean that what you thought was going to happen happened. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, I'm always more, I'm more, in, I enjoy a project more than knowing exactly what's going to happen. Like, I hate like. Like I've liked a lot of the MCU stuff, besides my hatred for Love and Thunder, which mm-hmm. I rewatched by the way. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is like uh, besides that, a lot of times the reason why I get like weirder, not annoyed, but like where I kind of get like a little like not annoyed when it's like almost <laughs> like like, oh, like yeah. Watchmen. Like Watchmen, the movie Watchmen. I'm like, mm-hmm. I it, don't don't just tell me you sat there, read the book, and went, this happened in the book, make this happen. I don't want that. <laughs> you know, I want a little bit of surprise, a little bit like cool. You can take moments from the the, the source material, and make it ha- and and show it verbatim, which is cool, or alter it like to fit like um, in Endgame with uh, Cap and the hammer and the shield. That's from oh my god, that's from like a couple of books. Um, but they did it to fit the movie. You know, it's not from Secret War. It's not from uh, Infinity War or Endgame or whatever. You know, it's not that. It's just a cool kind of, like, little, like, scene. The same thing with Tony and the Gauntlet. That's from New Avengers. It's not the same exact shot, but it's close enough where you're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Like, oh, so... Right. So that's the whole thing. So I kind of want them with, especially with Deadpool, I don't want them to be like, mutants have always been here. Some have, and you can like. I mean, like you, like you said, like mutants don't have to always be here, but maybe Deadpool could. Like you can do, like well, you can do things like having Namor or having like Kamala or like if you want to say something like Apocalypse or Celine, you know, all the extra any of the, the immortal guys. Yeah, the Eternals. <laughs> you can be like, hey, um, Nimrod. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> Nimrod is time travel. Well, he's Bastion. Yeah. Um, but like having Deadpool, like going, oh hey, this is what we did, you know. And cool, and you and having especially having Ryan Reynolds fit right into MCU, you can and because you can make a joke about it, like I've been here the entire time, and it can fit him right in, and it makes sense. You can make you can make that completely, you can completely make make sense. Um, the Deadpool movies are yes tied to the Fox movies, but also yeah. pretty far stretched away in the main timeline because they like are, Colossus they, is a different guy. Yeah, but they and, make a joke about that too. Yeah, like that's, and then. That's, the only appearance that those X babies make is when Cyclops or Evan Peters closes the door in Deadpool one or two. I forget uh, which one. Oh, Nicholas Holt closes. One of them closes the door, and it's just it's like two. yeah, it's just like a group shot of like a couple of them. But Deadpool no, one, it's, it's actually it's, the entire cast of uh, Dark Phoenix in that room. Okay, well, it's because they're all shooting. You know, like, yeah. If you just ignore that one bit, or if you don't even see it because you miss it because it's pretty quick, then. 
it's a picture of both like Professor X's in the mansion, right? Yes. So we already know one's from the Multiverse of Madness, so maybe one looks the same. Who gives a shit? Like it's just funny. So we're like Deadpool can be there all the time because it kind of fits itself in its own way. If you no, it doesn't. You don't have don't fit it in. Be like it's 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 just don't fit it in. There's no point of putting it in. It's just a movie. (laughs) It doesn't have to fit in anywhere. It can just be its own fucking thing. It doesn't have to fit anywhere. This is where I I I I go. No, it can just be its own thing. It doesn't have to be part of a greater universe. You can just like it for what it is. Um, and that's what it is. That pulls there. Well, no, no. What I'm saying is like later on, if you're going like, all right, and this also comes down to the fucking disgusting fanboys that exist. And I say fanboys as a general term of anyone that likes fandom. Um, it's a cesspool. Sometimes I, I sometimes there are days where I go, this is you. They are the most annoying group of people I've ever met in the world. Yeah, if you think my theories are annoying, you should hear some of these guys. <laughs> no, dude, I, and that's the whole thing. Like I, I, I laughed. Like, I was talking to Bill Poor. I was like, sometimes when Twitter works, it works, and that's the <laughs> joke we mean him have about Twitter about being a cesspool of just nonsense. But when it works, it works, mm-hmm. you know. And um, the 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 seething fandom that sometimes comic books can create, and it's true. Like I, I I say this all the time: like what you like, you know. There's no point of, of getting pissy or angry about something you don't like. You don't like it? Don't watch it. You don't like it? Don't support it. Yeah. Don't read it. Don't read it. Don't go. Don't over, hate don't... by it. Right. Don't, don't hate. hate it. It. Don't hate. Watch it. If you don't right. like it, don't watch it. So then there's one less supporter. And if right. all of you guys who say that you don't like it didn't watch it, then your voice would be heard and they would fix things in right. your eyes, fix, but, you know, make things whatever. everybody. Yeah. yeah. Like, some sort of compromise or whatever. Right. And like, if nobody like... saw Captain Marvel, then they wouldn't be making a sequel. But right. a lot That's... of people saw it, whether because yeah. it was just tied to the MCU, hate watching, or because they have to like Captain Marvel. Well, so I do, I do give the idea of, like, you can't review something or bash something without seeing it at least once oh, it's hard it's harder for movies because that you can anytime... watch something but you can't really be yeah. like i didn't like it it's like you didn't like what the trailer go watch the movie you right. don't like the idea sure but you can't say you don't like the movie you right see the movie exactly you can't yeah, exactly that's the whole idea and especially when we do like uh, and we, when we talk about the show like anything you watch or read we talk about we've read it or watched it like we've never talked about anything we've never read or watched before on the show. We make it a point because you can't have a, an honest review and the boys episodes are always so late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait till I watch them. <laughs> exactly. And that's the whole thing. Like so when we do this and we talk about stuff, like you want an unbiased opinion. Like, cool. Hey, you may not I'm going to use for example because we haven't covered She Hulk yet. You know, you may hate She Hulk. I don't know. You haven't. I. I haven't. We. You know. We haven't spoken about the episode, the series yet. Episode on this, on. I mean, we've <laughs> talked. Yeah, exactly. But like, you may hate She-Hulk, but like your re- and your reasonings may be like, I don't like the comedy. I don't like the CGI. I don't like the story. I don't like, story, the I don't like wall breaking. Right. There's there's plenty of things that you may not like about you, but again, the opposite may be like, hey, I like the fact that it's close to John Byrne run of comics. I may like the fact that it's like a episodic, like a sitcom. <laughs> I, you may like the fact that it's a little bit more funny. You may like the fact that you know she looks a little bit more cartoony again it's all based on preference but you can't be like i hate this why it's not for me but have you watched it no exactly i watched one episode how about you watch the whole thing and then give a real opinion on it if you watch the first two episodes you decide you don't like it 
Then you didn't like the first two episodes. Those are the only two you're allowed to talk about. That's the rule. Yeah, and you can be like, hey, That's I don't the rule like. You're getting purged. <laughs> well, like, I don't mind if someone's watching like a TV show and going, hey, look, I tried the first two episodes, and I'll, I'll be honest, like, I am struggling with Andor. Like, yeah. I it's exactly how I feel about Andor. Like, I'm not crazy about the series. I'll try one more, but if it's not clicking by the fourth episode, like, dude, I can't do three seasons of this. Oh, you I'm know. a fan of Andor so far. So. You know, but again, like with She-Hulk, if you don't like She-Hulk within two episodes, don't watch it and be like, hey, look, these are my reasons I didn't like it. I didn't like the comedy. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. But then stop. Then then, then that's what you're, you stop. Like, you don't. Because you can't break. give a real opinion on it if you haven't absorbed the entire piece of it. Right, and because you miss, you're missing out context. You're missing out long-form storytelling. Yeah, the first two episodes, like, hold a lot of stuff back that the later episodes are now sprinkling in, and then the last couple episodes will finish off. Hopefully. Exactly. The first the first episode is her origin, and the second episode's the start, the setup for the, Blons- the, the Blonsky story. Yeah. You don't like those. You kind of miss the rest of the series. Yeah. No, and like, honestly, if you're this far in the MCU, just shut up and watch it. That Honestly, or, like, that or don't like that's the best exactly, part. Of it. Either don't. watch it or don't watch it. But don't shit on an entire franchise because you don't like something. And like I get it, I'm not crazy about Phase Four. I think Phase Four is the weakest phase we've had well, so far. Because it's got so much. There's a lot of highs, but there's also equally amount amount of lows. Like, yeah, with the MCU, like the first three phases, it's like yeah, there's a bunch of awesome films. There's also a lot of like funny duddies, like Incredible right. Hulk, Iron Man Two. Or uh, Thor two, like those movies are kind of like they're good movies, but they're not great MCU movies because obviously we have Civil War, Winter Soldier, Iron Man one, Guardians. But then now we're in Phase four with over with almost forty projects, and half of them are good, half of them are okay. Right, like, and that's, that's so all I don't thing. think any of them are bad except for maybe Eternals. Right, and that's the whole thing, like. It becomes like, and it's the following again. This is this is just the longevity, and you're kind of seeing. We're watching like the, well, besides the, COVID and the launch of the streaming well, service. Not even that. Why it's so big? I think it's because we lost two years in quotes. Well, not even this. Not even just that. Like I'm just talking about like the idea of this having this massive, this massive like franchise running as long as it has. Oh, even so if many narrative threads. It's just so much. It, it so at one point it was going, and I, I I said this not on the podcast. I said this outside the podcast. That there's going to become a point where everything that we're watching are sequel films or, or launching all points. Or tied into things. Right, so that they don't make, they're not as we'll big get, as the early we'll stuff. We'll get some individual things from like indie film crews and stuff, but everything that's big Hollywood will be franchised. Well, what, what, what I mean is, for example, and I'm using the MCU, like the biggest problem we're at right now is that in the MCU, we don't have. Everything's loosely, everything's loose or tied to their own story. Yeah. Miss Marvel to the Marvels, uh, Loki to Kang Dynasty, uh, Moon Knight to whatever the hell you want to say is after Moon Knight. Werewolf Right, <laughs> you know, Werewolf by Night's coming out. Yeah. You know, there's. Um, Where are they putting him? <laughs> uh, you know, She Hulk to whatever it connects to. New World you know, Order, seemingly. New World is probably the most likely example. You know, uh, you got three TV shows, four TV shows are just there. And there's no, and the payoff is not coming for like in a year or two for most of these things. Yeah. So that's the problem. When you're, the MCU was smaller, payoffs would come in the next film, whether it's a post-credit scene or whether it's the Avengers. Right. So, and the payoffs came quick. So it was like two well, months. they didn't know how long they were going to survive. 
Well, now they're never going to die unless they cancel it. Well, what I mean is, like, the payoffs came quick as in the sense of, like, you know, this movie's coming out this year. You weren't waiting a year and a half, two years for the next part of the story. It was in a post credit scene in the next movie. And it just kept hyping you up and get you bigger, got bigger, got bigger. Cool. Now we got bigger and bigger and bigger. So what do you do now when your shows don't have that? Your your movies don't have that. There's kind of everything's kind of sequels to things or starting off points like the TV shows, for example. Um, what do you do? There's no like there's no post credit scene in Black Widow that makes me go, oh my god, oh cool, you kind of tied it to uh, Hawkeye, and you kind of didn't. You kind of leaned more towards this was supposed to be Thunderbolts, and then what happened to Hawkeye was kind of like a side effect. It was just like you, you know, get to see more of this character because we signed her on for project. Right. Not, this makes sense narratively because the fraction, the fraction run, like I don't even think has Black Widow in it, and if it does, no, it's it like doesn't. an issue, and it's not even Yelena, if anything. It does. It's it's Natasha. It's Natasha in it, and naturally the story doesn't make sense when you think about it. But anyway, yeah. I would talk about when Hawkeye. You throw Yelena in there, it's like cool. So it gives besides him being Ronin, who's being chased by other people, he also gets chased by. His best friend's younger sister who thinks that he killed his best friend. So it's like, well, that's a cool thing for Clint to have because honestly, Clint gets kind of shafted in most of these. It doesn't drive the full narrative of Hawkeye forward because of Kate Bishop's story and how it's yeah. basically the main plot. Well, yes, Ronan killed the Yakuza or whatever. It's like, yeah, but it's all about Kate Bishop's mom and Kingpin. Like, yeah, I, like that's what the whole thing's about. It's gangs in New right. York now. And that's the whole thing. Like, it's. So what I mean is, for example, like, like you have Black Widow, and then you have the Hawkeye show coming out that December, you know. So that was like the 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 the, the ties. So you're like, oh man, I'm getting hyped for this, you know. But there's no payoff at the end of Hawkeye. Echo, that's two years, a year. Daredevil is one of what two and a half years away. Or yeah, exactly. Or exactly, wherever the hell it comes out. So, like, we're not paying things off. Like Miss Marvel, like Miss Marvel ended. The Marvel should be coming out three months later. You know, give me something, you know, start building these things that are closer. Like, WandaVision happened, and then Doctor Strange happened almost a year apart. Yeah, which isn't too bad. No, it's not bad. No, not at all. But, like, where like, the fuck is Vision? Yeah. <laughs> and we're still waiting two years for that shit. So. No, payoff. It's all about yeah. payoff. And, like, and having like, a driving force behind the MCU. Yeah, like, if like, Vision popped up in an end credit scene for Multiverse of Madness, that would have been amazing. Right. But we're still Again, sitting high and dry on the vision plot Exactly. And that's why I said like this phase is only weak because everything is sequels or t- mm-hmm. or startups. So yeah, you can't, it's either you, an origin movie or a sequel. There's no big crossovers. The biggest right. crossover was technically No Way Home. And that's only and that only works on nostalgia. The movie's well, no, very okay. Doctor Strange being in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. She Hulk now. That's because Wong and Emil Blonsky showed up. But I'm talking about like movie-wise, because Multiverse Madness doesn't count as like a crossover event because they're all multiverse characters that are basically being first introduced here. There hasn't right. been a crossover film since Endgame, which is fine. It's hard to really drive that home. That's a huge thing. And so the next big crossover should be like a, a Civil War or a Thunderbolts or a Avengers. But you know, it was Spider-Man No Way Home, which just had Doctor Strange in. Oh, sorry, Johnny. It just marketed exactly. it as a bigger crossover because they were like, "Look, it's fucking Doctor Strange." And you're like, "Oh, great." Yeah. But there was no like, you know, tease for Multiverse of Madness besides the trailer. 
And I don't think that's not the same. Like it's like when they like the T like the one of the end credit scenes for Captain America is literally just a trailer for Avengers. That's not an end credit scene. That's a trailer. Yeah, exactly. Like this is not how life works. Like it, it, it it's wild sometimes. Like how they 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 try to make it seem where like all right we're doing some we're, and we are doing crazy fun shit in the MCU. It's just like we're not getting there fast. Yeah, I just enough. think it's because yeah the payoffs aren't coming as quick. And that's what it is. Also, just... writing all these things like at the same time. Yeah, of course. So there's, it's hard to overlap certain projects, even if it's and like that... a tiny end credit scene. Like besides Loki and WandaVision, oh, I'm sorry, and uh, Falcon and the Soldier, every other end credit scene has been like not tied to anything. It's kind of like and Shang Chi, uh, Wong shows up in Shang Chi, and you're like, what happened? Things been yeah. cool. You're like, what? And then the Black Widow, yes, it leads to Hawkeye, but Black Widow is also like a weird limbo movie where it's like in between. When you watch the timeline, it's like in between like seven movies as opposed to being technically in Phase 4's timeline, for example. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, we have to figure out what the hell is going to happen. Yeah, Yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, because like you were saying, it's not like it was huge payoffs coming in a short amount of time. It was not as many payoffs coming in very small phases. Yes. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes then. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want to keep dwelling on this because we will go crazy. But yeah, okay. Deadpool 3 teaser. Hopefully it's all legit. Let's go. Yeah. So uh, this week's topic, we were talking about the story uh, the story idea of anthologies, whether they work, whether they don't, um, and kind of like some of the anthologies that have come out. Um Anthologies are kind of a cool way to sell books um, as retailers, as writers. They're kind of fun way of doing short, short story form, uh, short story format, uh, uh, short story format stories uh, in comic book form. A lot of times they're used in uh, quarterlies and annuals that are put out normally. Like, like the use, DC holiday specials. Yeah, they're used as like quarterly specials. Uh, DC holiday specials, the like the Holly Quinn 30th anniversary that came out last Saved week. Saved by the Bell Rev. Saved by the Bell Rev. This week was uh, Marvel Voices. Um, they're all short story formats um, in for multiple reasons. One, it allows you to show off multiple pieces of talent uh, between writers and artists, but also what it does is it allows you allows readers to get kind of taste of what these characters are. Um, especially, I think, like when we talk about things like the quarterly ones, uh, like um, like, like Cybernetic Summer. Cybernetic Summer, Saved by the Bell Rev, um, the Marvel Voices. Um, they're cool ways to kind of get readers to know characters. Um, the On the other side, you have things like Image putting out the Image 30th Anniversary, Skybound, uh, Skybound, yeah, or Skybound. Yeah, something like the World of Black Hammer. Or like World of Black Hammer, Skybound, X, Skybound X. Uh, from Image, you have things like Creepshow or Stuff from Nightmares. Um, so with Suffer Nightmares and, and, and Creepshow that both came out last week, it works. You can do, oh, like Ice Cream Man and Ha Ha and Silver Coin. Those are horror anthologies. Horror anthologies seems to tend to work because it allows a reader to kind of follow a kind of back narrative. Um, something it, is connects all stories, whether in Silver Coin, it's the coin. Ice Cream Man, it's the Ice Cream Man himself. In Creepshow, it's the narrator. In Suffer Nightmares, it's also the narrator. Um, in Shock Shop from Dark Horse, another horror anthology. Uh, it's two stories per issue. Uh, again, 
horror anthology with yeah, nothing. Source Point did Dandy Presents, and the Dandy was the narrator. It's, right. You know, so having. Yeah, so having something like a horror anthology works very well. What ends up happening is like it's it's normally what works is it's stories that wouldn't be you cannot tell long format, even if it even if you were able to fluff it to an issue, it's something that could probably only be told in a one shot, and that's not going to be great for a one shot horror book. It's not going to sell, you know. They sell more than you think, but not as much as like a normal book. Well, what I'm saying is like one-shot horror, like a normal 24-page comic book for a one-shot horror will not sell compared to like an ongoing or anthology of horror books because oh yeah, yeah. there's no B-side. The story's over. Cool. You told me about vampires in the Arctic. I'm just making up shit. That's cool. I mean. <laughs> you know. Don't steal that. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, that's. Frostbite. That's, We're doing no, it. <laughs> that's, no, that's 30 Days a Night, doof. <laughs> Is Thirty Days a Night's not a winter story, is it? Yes, it is. It's set in Alaska. It's when it's the darkest. It's the month of darkness that happens in Alaska, where it's just a perpetual night for thirty days. Oh, I was mixing that up with um Twenty Seven Days Later. Oh no, that's the race. <laughs> like, that's not even close. <laughs> like, oh, that's one hundred percent with Thirty well, Days. Well, it is a good idea because someone's done it. But Frostbite is still something in my brain now, so you'll you'll hear about it. <laughs> you know, so like that's what I mean. Like you can't tell that like. You know, telling a story in in a one shot sometimes it can be fluffed out a little bit if you want your favorite ongoing, a little bit. But like some stories are just told better in one shots. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't sell or move the needle enough to be able to go cool. Thanks for your one shot twenty four page story that didn't sell. No one gave gave rats ass about your one horror story, especially if it's off season. You know what I mean? You want like people want more horror books now around September October because well mm-hmm. duh it's it's spooky season. Um, you know that that's why stuff and nightmares and creep show came out last week, and shock shop came out the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have anthologies like Skybound X and Image, which are cool for fans of that company. What they'll do is like they'll tell new stories from new writers and artists, which is great and it's an awesome concept. But then they'll, what they'll do is um, tell stories about current properties they have like there's a uh in image the 30th anniversary anthology they have a story uh from radiant from the radiant black universe called shift um they have in skybound x they have the new battle the new battle beast story um in it so they're cool they're awesome there's like a, a bunch of creative teams in it it works very much like we're doing next week with unknown heroes uh it's a cool way to show off uh, writers and artists that you would never normally otherwise read normally. Um, a lot of times there's a, a couple of one or two or three artists or writers that you would like and they're like doing a story in it. Like Jeff Johnson's story in the image one. I think mm-hmm. that was for um uh it was it's not set in the guy universe. But well, like, Junkyard Joe's coming out soon. That's it. Yes, yes, Junkyard Joe is coming out soon. Um Sorry, my daughter just fell asleep on my lap and she's like snoring. <laughs> um, I'm like breathe normally. Um, so you know, anthologies work. Um, but the 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 danger of an anthology and it has and will always be the fact that it's multiple writers and artists on a book. You may not be able to get the, a person to read a book that you know pick up an anthology because they hate four of the five you know writing teams on it, for example. Yeah. 
And I'm using someone that that's like established, like you know, mm-hmm. it's Jeff Johns with Jim Lee, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. for the sake of the story, uh, the anecdote. Um, and they're like, I hate all these guys, but like, I liked, I knew fucking, you know, Ryan Stegman and, and like these Hunter and James guys. <laughs> well, what I mean is like, hey, like they like Donnie Case and Ryan Stegman. They have, that's why they went to pick it up with like four of these yeah. five they fucking hate. I'm not picking this story up. I get that. It's it's hard for a reader to go, why am I picking up this anthology for stuff that's not connected? So mm-hmm. I understand that. Um talking to someone that's about to launch an anthology next week. You know. <laughs> um the, but I think the major difference between an independent one and one like that Marvel and DC put out is that the reason why people were so willing to get give the image one or the Skybound X one or like these horror ones a try is because they're because they're independent. You know, it's easy for me to go in my head justify even an eight ninety nine book, eight ninety nine dollar book comparatively to a nine ninety nine book that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go into the store and go, this cool image book is awesome. And not only are they not just like one off stories they're going to be told through multiple issues in the series. In the like, I'll, I'm using the image and thought the 30th anniversary anthology for this example, where like shift was in issue one, three, and six, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no, it's like five because I know like the pros coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Pomati uh, sex superhero yeah. story, she's coming back in issue six of the image book. You know, in a one-shot story, you know, so it's things like that which are cool, you know. Um, but then I look at the the Marvel Voices one or like the 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 quarterlies that they do, and I'm like, you can make these canon. Some of them you don't have to. Some of them can be yeah, like fun. Others, like others are good, right? Like they're like the Tiny Titan story they did for the the Bell Rev one. Um, but then you made a story. So the Midnighter you know, one, I believe. The one for Cybernetic Sun Summer is actually collected in the uh, Steve Orlando trade. It is. It is actually collected in the Omnibus. It's collected in the newer trade that had the backup stories from Detective Comics or whatever. Yes, there's one that also like um uh the 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 Saved by the Bell Rev uh one also had a um Azrael story. Yeah, Azrael because it's Azrael sorry. I don't know if it's tied directly into what's going on with his new book, but I know it's... it's it is tied directly to what's oh, going on with his new book. And I you know, know the Suicide Squad had one in there, too, with Little Weasel. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't canon. And so I it's like, so that's the problem with those things. Like, um, I, I know a lot of people come in and they're like, is there, do I have to read this? Like, they'll, Every time one of those specials comes out, a lot of the Batman guys will be like, so do I have to read this? And, and I'm like... Yeah, if you want, like, as a salesman, you say yes. Um, yeah. But what you do is like, and you like, and I've always, because you've worked in the store with me too, and like, the rule is to be honest. Like, you don't have to. I personally like it because it's it's a cool way to try new characters and dip your toes into a very expansive fucking universe that's been around yeah. since 1938. Like, it's, it's impossible to know all these characters. Not for me, but for, for the average human being, it's very impossible to know all these characters, you know. So I like it in that aspect, but then it's like these stories don't matter until they tell you it does. Like um, the teen, the Teen Justice story from the I think the Pride issue, before, not last, not this year, yeah. years before. That's when they they spun that into Teen Justice. You had um, yeah, it's like they talk about it directly, so it's like we well, had to read that to read this. 
Exactly. So be they... fair, the people who are picking up Team Justice, the ones that aren't reading it just because it's tied to whatever events happening or whatever multiversity thing, like they're reading it because they picked up the story and was like, "Oh, this this is the team from that book I picked up. That's cool." Right. So there's a it's a it's it's not a double edged sword. It's a um. It, 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 I was going to say it's a win lose situation where it's like it's a you know, sword. You, you'll lose <laughs> exactly. Uh, you'll lose an audience member because they didn't read the special, or you'll gain two audience members because one wants to read the special because it's got that team in it, and the other one wants to read it because just cause right. And that's the whole thing. So when like I'll use the Marvel voices as a, a a big thing that marvel does marvel does marvel voices it's always under it's always subtitled with some sort of to me x group they're talking about focusing mm-hmm. on uh this one is hispanic it's hispanic heritage month at the time of of, of airing um and they're doing uh, again clearly um hispanic characters so it's a mild story it's a nova story the white tiger story uh and a shark girl story um, but in um, the White Tiger story, there's a new character that shows up called Chimera, uh, and apparently there's more. They're going to do something with her later on, but then like, how are you going to do that? I, especially if I don't pick up Marvel voices. Let's say I don't like the three stories in it, the other stories in it. I'm not a fan of Nova. I'm not a fan of Miles. I'm definitely not a fan of Shark Girl, mm-hmm. you know. And I read it for the White Tiger story. Cool. So where's the payoff? Mm-hmm. That's the problem when it comes to the main two doing anthologies. Because the payoff may never come, you know. Yeah, most of the like using image, for example, the reason why Skybound X is what it is is because it's continuations of stories you read before, like Murder Falcon had stuff, Walking Dead, yes. Rick Grimes three thousand or two thousand or whatever the hell that title is, and like obviously Invincible. So like they're expanding things we already know from things that have stopped or currently things that are ongoing. There's a Radiant Black story in there. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so this is relevant, this is happening. And then there's a story for Murder Falcon, which ended in 2018. So, like, it, it's cool that, like, you can return to form with it. But, like you were saying, when DC and Marvel does it, they're putting things out. And essentially, the readers are expecting a payoff. A lot of these things in the image ones are being paid off from the prior series as from fans. Exactly, and that's why I think it's so good about. Don't get me wrong. Some Marvel and DC anthologies end up being like Harley Quinn's hanging out on Christmas, and this is just a fun story. But then, they, like well, you said, there are others that introduce certain teams or certain characters that will spin out into other things. And then it's like, unless it's collected, you're not good. Like unless it's collected separately, like there are five pages from here are put into this X Men trade for that right. character or something. Like they don't always do that. Like I said with the Midnight One, they happen to do it, but. Maybe for White Tiger, since she's like a nothing burger sometimes, maybe that story never gets collected again. But obviously when the Chimera first shows up in Spider-Man, like it'll right. be in the Spider-Man book as opposed to whatever. The, or uh, like they do collect, Marvel. well, they do collect the Marvel Voices issues in trade. Yeah, but that's not the same. You know what but I mean? it's not the they same. talking about collecting it in a trade that's relevant. Like if White Tiger got a miniseries, then exactly. obviously that story would be collected. But if White Tiger just shows up in Spider-Man, there's a high chance that that story from Voices won't be collected just because it's like, we don't need that. Exactly. And I 100% agree with you. There is a big problem with it. There's a disconnect between them releasing stuff. And again, just like the MCU thing, there's a disconnect between it. She's really snoring. Holy shit. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, it's a for her, baby. Um, 
it, there is a disconnect from going, hey, Marvel DC, we're doing an anthology, and then an independent company going, hey, we're doing an anthology. And again, the biggest thing comes down to things like your target audience. Like, I'll use Batman Over Legend, for example. Mm-hmm. That's an anthology series. Start to finish, that's an anthology series. Yeah, every um, once in a while, there's an overarching story, like Zdarsky's first six stories or whatever. But right, like Red Hood's story. Yeah. But it's an anthology series. Like, it's an anthology series. Um, but there have been a couple payouts. The payout of the Tim, the Tim Drake story, which is now being released this week as Tim Drake Robin. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there it's the, the uh, Azrael story, that which is being released in, you know, sort of Azrael. Um, there's rumors of a punchline uh, story. Yeah, continued, and there's rumors of a Ghostmaker story also coming out, but that could be that vague. Well, they, those are vague because well, that's because they're not, they weren't they weren't in Batman Over Legends. Um, well, the punchline Ghostmaker story in that one, I think. A one shot. No, that um, was the annual in quotes. Yeah, and that that's, was like an anime. <laughs> yeah, that issue was crazy. Well, that's, 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 well, that was no, that was back in the Batman. That was Batman. Well, they annual. didn't release a Ghostmaker yeah. annual. Yeah, that's what it was for Ghostmaker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for for Batman, uh, then the other story was oh, then there are stories that are in there that they did like uh, the whole issue. Oh no, uh, one spun out into Batman Neo, Batman Beyond Neo Year, mm-hmm. you know. And but there was other, there's other, there was another two stories in there that were set in alternate futures that. Don't go anywhere. You know what I mean. One was a Batman of Bethlehem story, and the other one was Batman uh, Batman One Million. Mm-hmm. There's no coming soon in 2024, like or coming soon, you know, later this year, or like see, you know, Batman for more details, like type of thing. There's yeah, no way there's to no collect Batman them. One Billion coming. Right. So there's no way to collect them unless so, you want to... until we get there. <laughs> well, I, well, I have a whole thing. You know that. Um, <laughs> You know, there's no, um, there's no way to get that unless you collect the the the, the Batman Over Legends on the uh, not on the bus, but yeah, on the bus, but also trades. Um, but again, there's no payoff, so why am I spending seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine for an anthology series that goes nowhere? But at least the other stuff, as an in, as an independent one, that goes, oh cool, I like this writing team, I like this artist. What project is that writer and that artist doing? You can do the same thing for like uh for the big two, but the problem is that with the big two, it's a very different. You're expecting something very different. If you tell me like um Amazing Fantasy one million uh, one thousand one million Jesus Christ, uh Amazing Fantasy one thousand, it's a Spider Man anthology book. I can give a rat's ass because it's not tied to the current Spider Man series that I'm on. You know, mm-hmm. it's not spinning out to another Spider Man story. It's not. Uh, tying into the Adjustive Spider-Man book from Dance Slide. It's not tying into Edge of Spider-Verse. Like, it's just random Spider-Man stories. It's a cool idea if you want for somebody that's never read Spider-Man before, which is normally child- like children or like people are trying to get back into Spider-Man, and issue 900 seems like a fucking lot. Um, you know, it's a cool way to get into a character. Like, that's why I think, like, Batman Over Legends and, like, these quarterlies and, like, stuff like that, at least from the big two, work for people to get into comics for the first time, or they want to try characters they've never tried before. But then if you look at the independence and why it works so well in independence, and that's why they last so much longer is because there's, there, there's no barrier going, Oh, I've never read Spider-Man before. Well, I've never read this character before. This unknown, you know, indie character. No one has. This is awesome. I like this. I like this style. I like this artwork. I like this writing team. 
where else is it coming to? And normally there's like, see more here, or like with the horror ones, mm-hmm. they're meant to be one shots. They're meant to be anthology, fun, creepy stories. Like, oh shit, this is really cool. Well, who wrote this issue? Oh, Ram V. What else did he write? Oh, well, he wrote these two other awesome stories. He wrote Swamp Thing and he wrote uh, these something graves or these something. I forgot. That's the, the Persian Arabic vampire one that he first started on. That's oh, his these first savage source. These savage source. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, oh, cool. He did that. Or like, oh, he's writing that. Let me see more horror stuff. I know I like his horror stuff. You know, this is that's why. And again, I not to toot my own horn. That's literally kind of what one of the aspirations for why Unknown Heroes is the way it's it's laid out to be. Mm-hmm. It's it's meant to be like, hey, try these writers and artists. You may not like any of them, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the gamble. That's the part of the gamble, you know. But also, not for nothing, you may like something. You know, if you're a fan of horror, you're a fan of this, you're a fan of that. You know, whatever genre is, is your thing. You know, you will find something in there like, oh, cool, I like that. But then at the same turn, turn the page and read the next story. Like, oh shit, you know what? I like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. I I would have given a chance if it was a a, a full one shot, twenty two page, twenty four page one shot for four bucks because I don't like this genre. But now that I already have it, I might as well read the entire book. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, oh shit, you know what? I like that artist. What else does the artist do? They're new, awesome. I, you know, I like that writer. What else are they writing? Oh, they're writing this Kickstarter. They're writing this independent book. They're writing this uh, thing over here. Awesome. They're writing this thing for Webtoons. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's meant to, to garner interest in, especially being independent people, you know, garner interest in in, in that um, and into your work and, and try to build a fan base. Again, excluding something like Skybound X because not for nothing, Skybound X was written as sequels to bigger books. Um, and Image, um, uh, the 30th anniversary was meant to be, a, a, that's what Image, uh, the 30th anniversary anthology is supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. more of like, hey, you know, Jeff Johns, you have a cool independent story that you know you're not writing fucking eight issues for, and, but really it's kind of a one big one shot if you break it down, like, per page count. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Do it here. You know, and we'll suffer in, you know, in the beginning of this book along with, like, Ryan Parrott's shift story and and you know whoever else it works you know that's why i think anthologies work i i, I think that it said the only downside is that it's you're taking gamble on unknowns mm-hmm. so that's my rant <laughs> <laughs> no i understand a lot of moving pieces in the um comic book industry especially on a retailer standpoint trying to actually sell things to customers because like i was saying way back like is this necessary? That is a question that should not have to be answered. You know, everything should weave itself in in some regard with how they how these companies set up these books. And I think they're getting there. Oh, yeah. I think it, it, Urban Legends is a true testament to that because it's spun out so many things that keep it relevant. You know, Voices has is very close to doing the same thing. It's oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, that's breaking news for Blade. Oh, jeez. They just lost Wesley the director. Snipes is in it. Oh, they lost the director. Yeah. Why? Uh, yeah, due to schedule conflicts and oh, uh, schedule. shifts. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I mean, hey, maybe we can get somebody that maybe knows how to handle it better. Not that this guy didn't, but 
Derrickson left Doctor Strange 2. Raimi picked it up. So it's possible we can get W's. Oh, yeah. From this. So. Sorry, or at like... least different, you know, styles. Of course. Because I think Raimi and Derrickson are both good in their own right. It's not as opposed to the Raimi's better replacement, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, too, yeah, too bad mentality. But... Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you saw the, uh, what we just got. The message. The message. Oh, I didn't see anything. Yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you handle that. Yeah, I'll, I'll let uh, you do. I'll respond to those when I'm not distracted. And exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of wrap up the episode because I, I know we drop off for an hour and a half about other stuff. It's a very short episode, but we'll do a really quick book corner. Oh, um, say favorite anthologies. I'm like a Batman Urban Legends right now. Skybound Dex is great. And some classics. OGs, you know, unknown heroes. You, you, I know, right? Uh, you <laughs> picked all the, you immediately picked all the ones that were important. So I got it. You know, exactly, yeah. my favorite anthologies. I don't have one. Why? You just picked all the good ones. Um, well, it's not that you know, we, but it's just you know, we know what anthologies to look out for. Yeah. Besides the indie ones like ours coming up and what Image is doing, like Marvel and DC are figuring it out. Yeah, they're still in the kind of this weird wave of trying to figure out what kind of works and what doesn't mm-hmm. as like um as what you call it as uh anthologies because uh, i'll tell you like you know i won't say exactly what on them on here cause i don't think i can but we were at a, meet, a retailers meeting and they talked about batman a religion and like kind of what they would do if they were to reboot it and a bunch of retailers gave their advice i won't tell you mine because i don't know what they're planning i hope um, that I, they ask us to do a story because we got well <laughs> I, I got to write them, i got to write them an email about what i think they should do um, Ooh, you're like, I think you should hire me. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, that was kind of it. Uh, but I won't say exactly what went down. But yeah, like, message me later. Yeah, I will. I'll tell you. I'll tell you off mic what happened. But like, it it's it was it. You know, it's kind of like they they know it's not moving. You know, they see it. They they're not dumb. They see the numbers. You know, they see they, that the story threads are being held on to. But they're like, this book doesn't sell as much as it could. Right. They're like. All right, we had people picking up for this story, awesome. But then it had a drop off when we we made it the Constantine Zatanna Batman story uh, as the focus, as the main story, uh, you know. But then like I was like, yeah, but then you also paired it with an Ace Bathound story, like yeah, like pair it with something that's on par. Like the first wave of Urban Legends was Grifter Batman and then Red Hood Batman, and those weren't sold right because it made sense. Giving Jason Todd a solo series, which he hadn't had in a little bit, you know, after Outlaw, as the focal book, having Grifter coming out, spinning out of your your because Wildcats got weirdly shelved and unshelved recently, so Wildcats is in limbo. So bringing Grifter well, back in the fold. Well, no, Wildcat Wildcats spun out of Batman Over Legends. Well, yeah, because they brought because Wildcats stopped initially. Yeah. Because it was supposed to be Young Animal or whatever, its own imprint, and then Grifter shot into whatever Batman story was going on. And then um, Urban Legends, and then this. So like they're like, if we can't do Wildcats, we'll use Grifter because everybody likes you know, it. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing they were using as a setup for the new Wildcat series coming out in December. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but then also what you do is you know, so you have those three stories and a regular Batman story going on, and then you shift tonally across the board for all three stories in the next batch of books. So it's like you can't do that. You can't be like. We're doing these stories, and then we're changing it 100%. Like, you should have 
then the pairing should all match. Like we're gonna do match tonal, a game... at least. Right, totally. Like we're doing a, a Damien story. Awesome. So what we're gonna do is make this this arc, this run of books all about the Robin. So we'll have a story about Damien. Or it's tied to more of stuff like uh, Ezreal or something. Right, so we like you know totally you can be like, all right, we're doing a, like this arc about Robins. So we're gonna do a Damien story in there, uh, a, a, a Dick Grayson story, and a Tim Drake story, and that's what's gonna be. These are the yeah. three stories you get, you know, and it, it's set in different time periods. So it's like Dick when he's Robin, Tim when he's Robin, and Damien currently, mm-hmm. and then tie it to the Lazarus contract uh, tournament, mm-hmm. you know, and then do another block arc with whatever. Like we're doing like. Uh, Batman supporting castmates, so we can do uh, the Alfred story that they're doing now, the 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 Ace Bathound story, the swap and like thing as a side character for Batman because he's often used for that. No, you wouldn't do that. Like that's like that's you a, could. That's what I'm saying because they're doing no. Zatanna and Black, uh, Black and Constantine. Like no, that's I like that's that's add on character. That's stretching it. I would just do like Zatanna and Const- Like Zatanna really is like uh uh, a thing for Batman. The constant. The reason why they threw Constantine in because it's constantly, bat like Bones, Satana. Yeah. You know, you know. So I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even touch that series. They shouldn't have done that. But like, oh, you can do like a Batman like love series. Like, oh, here's Batman with Satana, Batman with, with Catwoman, Batman with Talia. You know, Ox. Yeah. You know, I never liked Batman with Satana because I always picture Satana being Dick Grayson's age. So that's like, what me and Sabrina were talking about. Like me and Sabrina were talking about that. Like it's the weird. Like I'm like that's the canonicity of of stuff and and how it works. But let me jump into our book corner because this yeah. episode's been going long. So uh, it is Old Dog from Image Comics, uh, written by written uh, written by Declan Shafe Declan Shafley Oh, we love Declan uh, and uh, with Colton uh, Cowles as on the art. This book is wild. I can't tell if it's time travel. Or like, it, it's it's James Bond turned up to like an R rating. It's he's it's about a guy Jack who's an FBI agent who actually through weird machinations is also it's like a weird time travel thing. It's it's hard to explain like whether he is like old because of the explosion because he seems old, but then he was I I can't tell whether it's because he was younger in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then he was the guy chasing. The, it's weird. It's a very weird. It's it's intriguing to kind of figure out. Yes, yes. Thank you. God, I couldn't think about it on the on the live stream. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck movie is it? <laughs> yeah, if I was there, I would have told you. I fucking love Looper. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is Looper. It's like there's two. It seems like there's two versions of him. Time will tell whether that, that was just a, an it's art. Either Looper or Gemini Man. <laughs> right. Okay, try to the same guy. It's either time travel or it's a clone. <laughs> right. So like it, it, time will tell based on um it might just be like an edit art mistake type of thing, mm-hmm. um but we'll see as time goes on. But it's really cool. Uh, next is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue one hundred. Oh um, yeah, it's awesome. It's the anthologies. Doesn't that have a couple little stories in there? No, it's all the same oh, story. Wow, I'm surprised. It's, it's Recently, with those big ones like with Spider Man, oh, not Spider Man, sorry. The new Star Wars issue twenty five. They were like, it continues the main story, but here's four other stories. You know what they did was, um, they had just different artists do the the story. Oh, okay, so it feels like an anthology anniversary, but it's actually just one narrative, which is an yeah, it, way to it's, do it. it's one writer, a bunch of artists. Uh, it's really cool. It's the final issue of Ryan Parrott's run of Power Rangers, 
um, before Melissa Flores takes yeah, over with one on one. <laughs> yeah, before uh, Melissa Flores takes over with the one on one, Melissa Flores writes Dead Lucky, uh, for the Radiant Black Universe. Dead lucky for her, then. <laughs> yeah, for the Massiverse. Um, it's cool. It's a great send off. It's a cool ending. Um, if you've been reading Power Rangers, it's a great payoff. It's kind of a cool milestone. So that's all it is. Uh, and they do rename the issue to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 100. Not... Yeah, they, they're dropping everything and just keeping it simple again. Exactly. Uh, next up is Tim Drake Robin, uh, which is fits uh, all by Rod Rismo, which you know annoys me to no uh, end. <laughs> like, you know that drives me bonkers. Yeah, I know you like um, it to a degree, but it's like, <gasps> Like, I wish. It's gotta I wish. be a certain character. And yeah, I know. And even, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Uh, Trying to find the the first name of the art, the uh, writer. Trying to find the credits page. Um, Megan Fitz uh, Fitzmartin is the uh, writer. It spins out of Batman, the Batman failsafe story going on currently. Dick Grayson moves to the docks, um, in Gotham, like in the Gotham Marina. He lives on a boat. Um, yeah, Tim. Uh, and then he, there's a character, a character that, uh, is reintroduced from the I Am Robin series. She's now his sidekick, she, so, which is weird. Oh, that, um, oh, what the hell is her name? She's like an assassin kid. She's, she's blonde. She's she silent. invisible? No, she oh, used silent. Oh, the other one. Okay, my bad. Yeah, she used silent. Was, oh, you said I Am Robin. I thought you meant the Robin son of Batman story with Damien's little girlfriend character. I apologize. Yeah, no, no, no. You know who you're talking about now, yeah. You know, no, it's not Maps. It's, uh... Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's... I forgot her name. I might have looked for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's a cool setup. Um, again, my only knock on it is the art, but if you're a fan of Remisio, awesome. I, I, I just... I'm not... I think it's just a little bit too cartoony for me. The story mm -hmm. seems cool. Um, but yeah, it does spin out directly at Batman, so if you're reading Batman, you can get, jump right into this. If you haven't been reading Batman and you just read the Urban Legends stories for Tim Drake or the, the Tim Drake special, uh, which was just the Urban Legends books uh, together, awesome, awesome story. Definitely grab it if you're a fan of uh, of Tim Drake Robin. Uh, next up is Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. Oh it my is... God, it's released. I forgot. Yes, that's the, the Bruce, Bruce Campbell, Campbell, baby. Just like last Hell week, yeah. if you're if you're a fan of Wolfenstein, if you're a fan of Nazi zombies, this is the book. Oh, <laughs> it this is Sergeant... also my pick. <laughs> yeah, it's also your pick. Um, <laughs> it's Sergeant Rock versus the Army of Dead. It's the only reason why they didn't call the Army of Darkness because they were sued. Yeah, um, well, they got Bruce yeah. Campbell to write it, so you know. Yeah, so it's written by Bruce Campbell. The art is by Eduardo Riso. Uh, um, Eduardo Riso is good. They're on uh, it, Moonshine. It also looks. The art kind of, uh, especially with this book, reminds me a lot of Hellboy. So, oh, I'm so, so it looks great. It's it's a fun book if you're a fan. And the art, the cover is done by Gary Frank, which is even better. Um, yeah, it's an awesome book. So if you're a fan of like War Two, if you're a fan of like things like Wolfenstein and the plethora of other occult War Two stories out there, occult uh, War Two stuff, zombies. If you're a fan of Bruce Campbell, check it out. Um, someone someone accidentally put it as oh it's ash teaming up with sergeant rock i'm like that's not this book at all no um, that's how they sell it i'm like it's ash meets sergeant rock in the sense of like as a selling point like it's it's like it's army of the dead but it's supposed to be like army of darkness with sergeant mm -hmm. rock um but it's not ash himself but that's whatever it's a cool book i like it a lot uh and then finally we have briar from boom studios uh written by uh christopher cantwell i don't know who this dude is 
Uh, hey, and... who the fuck is that? What did you say? It's got his first book ever. Um, so. uh, illustrated by German uh, Garcia. Um, it is a dark version of Sleeping Beauty. Uh, she. Ooh, love to see she was not awakened uh, by the prince. The princess married her and never woke her up. And her oh, kingdom man. now, yeah, now her kingdom's in ruin. It's been like 700 years. Oh, uh, What's and then Briar. Briar, so the reason why it's called Briar is because in, um, like, just like in the Disney one, Sleeping Beauty has an actual name, um, but Briar Rose was her code name uh, that they gave her so when she was in hiding with the um, fairy godmothers. Um, So Maleficent wouldn't, you know, was it Maleficent that did that? Yeah. Uh, So Maleficent wouldn't find her. So, yeah, it's a dark version of uh, Sleeping Beauty. She's now like a sword wielding wielding warrior who's like on this quest now it's really cool if you're a fan of like stuff like that it's like if you liked never never which is dark peter pan if you like nottingham which is dark um robin hood definitely pick up briar it's awesome it's action-packed i kind of like this idea that we're in this era of dark fairy tales there are like fairy tales that are like not not dark in the sense of like um, like Grant Morrison's, like was it Morrison who did that weird Snow White book? Something like that. Um, but not in this weird era of like overly dark, overly dramatic. We're in action darkness, where it's like these people are. It's it's no holds bar, like action packed, like Nottingham or Never Never or like this. Like let's go. It's all about action. You have awesome leads. It's leads that you know. It it's a it's a twisted kind of broken mirror version of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my book corner for the week. Yeah, man, a lot of this stuff sounds really good. I, it sucks that I'm missing all these hot books. Well, you're missing friggin' uh, what you call it? You're missing uh, Sergeant Rock. That's what you're mad at. I mean, for real, yeah. I'm not gonna go out into the store and buy it, which I probably will. But it's different than getting to actually read it in the podcast and discussing my actual opinions. That's like, true. So I miss that aspect of it. That's true. All right, James, close us out. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Get over to our website, andrewscomics.com. Check out this week's previews and new releases. Follow us on Instagram, Andrews underscore comics. The podcast, Instagram, Andrews Amazing Podcast, and Twitter, for, uh, Twitter Andrews Amazing for updated news. Guys, our Kickstarter is launching next week on a live stream. It should be going, uh, we should probably be starting around 8.45 Eastern Standard Time on Facebook. If you follow me or Hunter on Facebook, we should be going live on there, which will also be on YouTube at the same time. Um... Check us out there. We'll be posting closest to the date where you should be able to see us. Um, we will be launching our Unknown Heroes Kickstarter that day. Actually, that night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, so, yeah. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends. Always oh, support your local comic shop and have a nice day. Guys, we'll see you guys next week for a live stream. Yep. Peace. Peace.